Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and with me is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are getting closer and closer to Christmas. We are. Week two of Advent, and we were talking about peace on Sunday. Um, the season of waiting, right? Advent is kind of the season of waiting and preparation, and we're going through these common themes of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love, uh, and talking about what they mean this year and how they're a little bit different this year, maybe how we're finding new meaning in them. Do you want to give us a little recap from Sunday, Paul? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, from the big picture as well, just the, the reminder that things are different this year and we're, Mm. we're facing something together that it doesn't really matter what you believe about what's going on, whether you feel like there's overreach or we're going too far, or you feel like, you know, people aren't doing enough. And I mean, there are people on all ends of the spectrum Um, But wherever you fall, there is a lot of this unrest that just kind of creeps in and it becomes this underlying emotion and feeling that is affecting everything we do. And Mm -hmm. so what we're facing right now changes everything. And I feel like these are the moments that are like the, you know, the kind of the record scratch moment, you know, in the movie where everything kind of stops and you're like, whoa, I'm now paying attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like an example is when I drive to work, I mean, I I just kind of go into autopilot, right? And I I get to work and I, I do this over and over and over and over and over again. But if I'm going to work and, you know, someone steps out in front of the car and I have to suddenly make a, like a stop or an emergency, you know, maneuver, now all of a sudden my heart's beating a little faster. I'm paying attention to everything on the road, like every little thing. And all of a sudden my attention is heightened. And I feel like this uh, coronavirus has been that kind of, you know, record scratch or speed bump or whatever you want to call it that's shaken us a little bit to make us highly aware of what's around us. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think going into Christmas, thinking about these themes can allow us to see them in a new way. And peace is one of those ones that is, uh, you know, I think a really good example of this because there is very few people that I find at peace generally. Mm-hmm. But this uh, during COVID, I mean, things have been, uh, you know, absolutely nutty <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the words anxiety, stress, um, yeah. overwhelmed, uh, burnout, you know, th- these are becoming more common in the last yeah. nine months, uh, n- not less common. Um, so in, in some ways, I mean, I, it was a great message on Sunday. really appreciated it. I know peace is something that we need that I need. Yeah. Um, but it's almost for me, there, there are moments where I almost find it like laughable how far away it is. Right. Yeah. Um, so why is that though? Why are we, why are we, we're, like the words about anxiety and stressed out and all that stuff. The, I, I just, yeah. Why, why do we feel that way? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like so much of it for me comes down to control, um, mm. and, and the lack of control, uh, and, you know, just, we've all become keenly aware in this last year. So, so technology and, and advancements have, have allowed us to to control things and to have security like we've never seen in the history of humankind. Um, And this year has shaken us from that. Yeah. Uh, And I, I, you know, it's good for me to remember, Oh, this is, this is actually completely normal. (laughs) And this is, this is true. I mean, we, we, again, you, you get into this, like God is the one in control. Um, So in, in some ways this is a really good, like shaking off of a bad thing, but it's leaving us realizing how little we actually trust God at times. And I'm not, I'm not leveling that as an accusation out there. I'm leveling that as an accusation back into myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, I have, I'm having a hard time finding peace right yeah. now too. I've, I've said that a couple of times as I was, you know, preaching this, I'm preaching it to myself. 
And I do think that, you know, one of the things that I just, I just want everybody who's listening to be thinking about is this idea of pursuing peace. Mm -hmm. Because I think that there's, you know, you talk about how laughable it is, how far away we are from peace at some times. It, it sometimes we just give up before we start yep. and we're kind of like, oh, that's like, that's like churchy stuff when we yeah. talk about peace and yeah, we're supposed to talk about peace at Christmas, but you know, like, you know, Jesus didn't live in my time with my worries and the exa- the yep. anxieties that I'm feeling. And so we get to this place where we're like, yeah, peace. Yeah, sure. It's attainable. I don't know if it's really attainable for me or I kind of feel peace in the middle of this or, you know, we, we kind of make these excuses. But what I would just say is that I think that this is a great opportunity to ask those questions. First, why am I feeling this way? Mm. And then second, what would it take for me to pursue peace? Yeah. I, I you know, I, I wonder as well, um, this is a part that I cut out of my sermon from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so we, we live in a time where we value self-awareness and we value knowing ourselves and our personalities and, you know, be it the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs or, or yeah. what have you. Um, you hear a lot of people talking about whether they're an introvert or an extrovert or what they naturally do. Um, and it's easy to forget that those things are, uh, as my my old boss used to say, are defaults without wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, we allow those things to become the things that define us and the things that that mean we have to act that way. Yeah. Um, and most of those things, let's be honest, most of those things don't reflect things like peace. Yeah. Um, and I think those things can be like, it can be really helpful to know our personalities and our defaults. Uh, the the challenge is, of course, to push beyond them and yeah. to learn how to do it. So So talk to me a little bit about what does it look like yeah. to pursue peace? Yeah, that's it's great, and I think that you you pulling that out of this passage will is or your message from a couple of weeks ago because you were preaching on humility, and I mm. think this is a key. I want to go to Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight uh, to thirty, which is a passage that we probably know pretty well, mm-hmm. and it says, uh, "Come to me." This is Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace, the one who was spoken about. Yep. Says, "Come to me, all who are weary and burdened." you know, heavy laden, you know, stressed out, frustrated, mad, all those different things. And he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so what he's talking about here is the rest for our souls, which really for me is a, is a picture of this peace that we've been pursuing. Hmm. But I think one of the things I think is really fascinating about this verse that I, you know, pulled out probably for the first time at looking at it, or at least it just kind of caught my attention differently, is that he says, come and learn from me. And then he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, is he saying, learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart? Maybe, but as I think about those characteristics, they don't exactly, they're not the kind of things that we would say, oh, because you're this, I'm going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. I think also what he's saying here is come, you know, learn from me, learn gentleness and learn humbleness yeah. and you will find rest for your souls. Yeah. And so I think that what you said at the very beginning, the question is, why do we feel this way? Because we're losing control. Yeah. Where does peace come from? Humility. Oh. And so when we turn our attention to say, okay, this is not something that I can control. When we stop trying to take over, that's when we start to find true peace. And so, you know, I, this is the thing that I think is so, um, you know, so really interesting for me is that, 
you know, how does humility and gentleness actually lead to this kind of peace? And I think that those two characteristics uh, are crucial. And I think if we think about it, we would recognize that the opposites, aggression and pride, are probably the things that kill peace more than anything else. Yeah. I want my way. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm angry about this. I'm going to move, like, you know, push and push and push. Yeah. And... And so that would be, you know, kind of the thing that I would say is, is these characteristics that we pr should be pursuing is gentleness and humility, and I think we'll find peace. But the second thing I would say in terms of how do we get there, so I made the connection on Sunday between this peace with God. So the Prince of Peace, Jesus comes, he provides peace with God. He also provides peace within, in ourselves, and then he provides a pathway for peace for, with other people. And those things build on each other. It's the foundationally, we need to have peace with God mm -hmm. before we're going to find that peace inside yeah. because we'll recognize we're forgiven. We'll begin to see ourselves in a different way as a child of God. That begins to, to sort of smooth out some of those feelings that are going on. And that allows us to deal with people in, another, in, in, in more effective ways. But here's the thing that I didn't talk about on Sunday that I think is really interesting. It works backwards as well okay. in the sense that if there is... If there is some kind of conflict with other people, what you often find is this conflict in yourself. And mm -hmm. what I mean is resentment builds up, frustration builds up, this pride builds up because we start to say, but I deserve this and this person isn't doing what they should be doing. And so, you know, not finding peace or finding conflict with people can actually lead to conflict within. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually that can lead to an eroding of our understanding of who God is and our, and our, our peace with him. And so I think that one of the ways that we can do it, we can pursue peace within is, is really focusing on our relationships, especially ones that are broken and saying, what can I do to pursue peace in that relationship? Hmm. Because when we come to Christmas, how many of us have those people around the Christmas table, uh, family members that aren't talking to each other anymore, or, you know, yeah. like, we, you yeah. know, I have a weird relationship with that uncle, or I don't want to talk to this person or whatever. Those are the kinds of things that begin to erode the peace uh, inside of us and, and can even affect our, our relationship with God. Well, and it's kind of, you know, for most of us, we're all thinking, well, we can't do Christmas with uh, our normal family gatherings, big things that we normally do. Uh, the question that I would ask coming out of what you've just said, Paul, is who are the people on your list that when you heard you can't do Christmas this year, you thought, well at least I don't have to hang out with them. At least I don't have to have that conversation again, right? And yeah. let's, I think we all have those people. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's really hard uh, to, to kind of go back and to enter into those places that, that where there's conflict, where there's awkwardness. Um, our, our disposition is so often just to ignore and survive, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't want to dive into that. I, I've I tried. Yeah. You know, I've, I've done my part. It's yeah. up to them now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to, um, I mean, we can keep going down this line. I, I want to throw something out there and yeah. maybe ask something. Um, as I see, as I, as I see peace and I think about habits and things that, that'll develop it, I'm struck by the fact that, um, what, what we often do when we come to the Bible and when we come to, to quiet time is, you know, we want to study the Bible. Um, and I actually don't think peace is something that comes out of study all that well. I, I think mm -hmm. we can get there. I think the Bible clearly calls us to peace. I don't actually think you need to do that much study to understand it. Yeah. Um, study is often about getting the right answers and digging in. I feel like peace is more often in the prayer, in the listening, in the meditation, um, in songs. I think one of the reasons we did some of the songs we did on Sunday uh, is that, that music has this way of of calming us and even helping us to, to deal with our emotions and our anxiety. We yeah. The 
the rewrite, rewrite we sang at the end of the service of O Come, O Come, uh, Emmanuel talked a little bit about that. Bring, bring your burdens, bring your heaviness. Sure. Um, you know, Jesus is enough. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I wonder, as I, as I look at my own life, you know, am I too often caught trying to be effective with everything, trying to make sure I'm getting the most out of every minute of every day. So, you know, I'm going to study my Bible now and then I'm yeah. going to run and do this thing and this thing and this thing. And and one of the things that peace calls us to, and, and, and one of the ways we can develop peace is to, is to spend more time just pausing yeah, and to, to spend time with Jesus, to, to pray, to, to silently reflect. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I wonder if that's one of the, the habits that we've, this season is pointing the fact that we've lost and we need to regain. Yeah. And I would say, I would say you're one hundred percent accurate there that when we do those things, you know, those are, those are habits that can, can bring that peace. But the question is, is the peace there? So mm-hmm. if I'm doing these things, there needs to be a point <laughs> or, yeah. or at least there needs to be uh, fruit, which would be, you know, sure. a biblical way of saying some kind of outcome. Right. So like if you go and, and spend some time in prayer and then you jump in your car and you, you know, flip off the guy who's, you know, just cut you off. You scream at the grocery clerk because they told you to, you know, <laughs> whatever, get step step back or, you know, all these different things. What we're I think that's the thing is sometimes we use like um we use, I feel like we use our church services and our opportunities to worship like some kind of like a, a topical cream. <laughs> you know, we just kind of mm. smear it on top of our lives and we say, okay, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sing these songs. I'm going to really mean it. You know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to, I'm going to really, you know, just thank God for who he is. Mm. Um, but then, you know, we, we get to, you know, Monday or Tuesday and something happens at work and all of a sudden we're frustrated. We come home, you know, slam the door, kids are fighting, everything is going, you know, sideways. And we're just in this like angry kind of place. But it's like, but I, I think that's the thing is that, is that these spiritual practices are not just like a topical cream, you know, we have to allow them to go to, to, to be something that actually begins to affect change. You know, it's yeah. a light that, that begins to, to, to get brighter and brighter and brighter, um, that actually changes things. And I know this sounds like, I mean, you might be sitting there thinking like, okay, this sounds so hokey. It sounds so, you know, so trite and, you know, you're not really making feeling like my my situation is as as dire as it might be but i think that's the point is that you know we we need to keep pursuing peace until we get it mm-hmm. you know rather than just like pursuing peace on the weekend so that we have enough strength to go through the next week yeah. it's like no 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 what what jesus came to do was was actually kind of smooth out those things and provide that peace so when we spend time with god when we spend time in prayer when we spend time in silence and listening and just those moments um, if you walk away from that and it's not changing you, then go do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, spend more time. <laughs> yeah. So if church isn't a topical cream, what is it? What's the right metaphor? Give me something better. <laughs> well, I, I guess I would say that it's, um, that it's it, like, I, I almost feel like there, um, I feel, I guess the way that I would put it is that, no, nah, I just, I guess I would just say it's a pill. I mean, it's something that changes us from the inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay, know. It, okay. it changes yeah. body chemistry. It actually should, um, you know, as sometimes I feel like uh, there's this, there's this life in God that is within us because of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I feel like there's the, that our lives are this like, you know, kind of um, 
you know, path to sort of shining those things up and mm-hmm. allowing them to show up in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Like, you know, those things like peace, peace and patience and kindness and all the kind of the fruits of the spirit are in us because of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we've got so much gunk that's covering them up. Yeah. And so our job is to just kind of lift them up in our lives and clean them off a little bit so that people can see them and so they shine. So, um, yeah, that's the way I see it. But yeah, no, that's a great, I've been, um, repainting some things around the house and refinishing things. And, you know, one of the first, uh, first rules of refinishing old, old things is you have to get off what's on there before you put anything new on. You can put new stuff over top, but the truth is it's just going to come off because the old stuff's coming off. Um, it's, it's kind of like that. We actually need to, to actively work to get rid of some of the yeah. Junk and, and yeah. And it's, it's kind of a bit of both ways. Cause there's mm-hmm. habits and there's good, good character, like things that we put on, um, and take off. I mean, the Bible actually uses that metaphor quite often is, you know, take, take off these things and put on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also this sense that when we've been made new in Christ, we are a new creation, right? We've mm-hmm. been transformed. And so there's this newness underneath all of the gunk. Um, yeah. and, and so, so it kind of works from both sides a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, you talked briefly on Sunday. Um, you told a story about visiting someone in the hospital, um, someone who you experienced, who, who you, you went to minister to, uh, yeah. and who ministered to you. Uh, and, and they had this beautiful piece. If you haven't heard it, go, go check out the Sunday service on YouTube. Um, you in your journey, you know, you've, you've met some people who, who really have, this piece and who exude it. Yeah. Um, what can we learn from them? How do we become more like them? I mean, that's a great question because I, I mean, this is, this gets to the root of, of all of this. I think that people like that remind us that it's possible. Um, especially when we come and come to people who've had real difficult times in their lives and they've struggled through so many things and they've been able to find peace in the midst of it. And I think that in those moments, it reminds us that it's possible. And I think that gives us the courage to be able to pursue it. Mm. And, you know, and we pursue it in the ways that we've already talked about, right? The, you know, really focusing in on gentleness and humility and focusing in on those spiritual disciplines and practices that will, you know, remind us of God's uh, control in our lives. And, you know, there's this, this continuing kind of letting him, um, you know, kind of lead us, right? We don't, God doesn't exist to, um, you know, to sort of accomplish our dreams or our plans. You know, we exist to accomplish his. And most of the time we live like the former. We, we Mm. spend our lives, you know, trying to, trying to get God to twist his arm so that he gives us the things that we think we need most. And, Um, but really it's, it's the opposite. It's the other way around. But, but those people, you know, I, I mean, I, obviously I have this, uh, this advantage because I'm, um, because I, uh, in, in my role, I, I do see people, uh, you know, towards the end of their lives. I see people in, in some of their most difficult times and lowest moments. And, um, yeah, there's a difference when now, like, and don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest that, you know, that these other people who don't exhibit the kind of peace that is, you know, is, is somehow, you know, uh, a bad thing. I mean, I, I recognize that, you know, life is hard and death is hard and, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't want to put anybody else down, but I think that the, the people who, who demonstrate that peace, um, to me, 
uh, are, are people that are so inspiring, you know, and another person I remember was Mike Osborne seeing him in a person that some people would know. Um, but yeah, seeing him in a, in a hospice, you know, when he was having issues with liver and so, you know, his coloring was off and he just didn't look right at all. Um, but every time you talked about God or Jesus, you know, his, his face would just light up and he had this big smile, big toothy smile that would cover his whole face. And, and he would just tell me about Jesus and tell me about his, you know, his feelings. And, and I think that's the thing that our world needs most. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things we talk about evangelism and the way that we can share faith with people and, you know, so much of the time that our, the words we use are just not enough we can't convince people. Sure. It's not about convincing people, no. but demonstrating what Jesus does in a life mm. is absolutely compelling. Yeah. And and when people watch you walk through things um, authentically, but you know, finding peace in the middle of it wherever you do, um, those are things we need to share with people. And that's why you yeah. know we've been talking about this idea of the stories and telling stories. Yep. I got to tell you, like. This is not something like I okay so a lot of you out there probably heard these last two messages and you heard us talk about telling your stories and you're thinking to yourself okay yeah you know it's a good idea and then you know next week you come back and you're like oh man I wish I had told stories okay so stop right now and mm. start thinking about the way that God has been faithful and and demonstrated the hope that you can hold on to yeah. and the way that you've found peace in the middle of difficult situations and bank those away in your memory. Start, you even write them down if you need to. Yeah, rehearse them a bit. Re yeah. Just so that you know, just it could be a sentence or two. It doesn't even have to be, you know, that much. And then listen carefully in conversations for moments where you hear people talking about a lack of peace mm -hmm. or a lack of hope or, you know, just the, the, the frustration of this whole situation and where we are right now. Those are opportunities to share. And when you share, we become the light um, in the darkness, the way that Jesus was the light in the darkness uh, in Isaiah 9, the one who came while the people were in darkness, there was mm -hmm. this great light, and mm -hmm. that's who Jesus is. And that's, you know, that is ultimately, I think the best thing we can do this Christmas is share those stories. Yeah, and I, I want to encourage you as well. Um, sharing can be really scary, um, but it can really bless people. And, and we're not asking you to, you know, come up with a master plan where you can sneak something in. Uh, what I would say is at the beginning of each day, pray and ask God and say, God, just make it so clear that there's an opportunity to share. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to bet if you pray that prayer, um, there will be something that happens in your week where someone comes and, and asks you straight out, or there's just an obvious opportunity pre presents itself where, uh, you can kind of work in tandem with the Holy spirit and share, share this piece, um, which is so, so good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right with you, Paul. And I'm, it's hard for me too to, to find moments to share, but I think, Especially in this season, there's a there's a real openness, uh, yeah. and and God is doing some cool stuff around us, yeah. Um, and and why wouldn't you want to be a part of it? So be a part of it by sharing your story. Yeah, and your friends are your friends. They're 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 not going to be scared away just no. because you um, share something that's on your heart. Um, and you know whether it leads to more conversation or not, it doesn't matter. It's mm. just an opportunity to reflect the the importance of why Jesus came at a time when we celebrate Jesus coming. Yeah, awesome. So we've done hope, we've done peace. Next week, we are going to jump into joy, uh, which I'm really excited about as well. Thank you for listening along this week. Uh, we will talk to you next week here with more Postscript. <laughs>